five, four, three, two, one. Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Tap for Monday. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about why this Green Bay Packers team should make you feel the most confident that you have ever felt in a Green Bay Packer team in the Aaron Rodgers era. We're also going to chat about the NFC and the roundup from today's games as the Packers were on by. We're going to talk about why the injury games for the Bucs is only going to help for the playoffs and look at the Bucs week ahead, which is a pretty busy one. And then lastly, we will talk about Marquette, Wisconsin. The bright lights were a little too bright for our Marquette guys. We'll talk about that and much more. I'm excited to be back in the saddle. Um, always good on Monday. You can follow us on socials, Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on everything else, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I always forget Facebook. Um, it's like, okay, a quick pause, Facebook. Um, and then make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. We'd really appreciate you guys, you know, reaching out, telling a friend, giving this gift for Christmas to say, hey, I have this awesome Wisconsin podcast that you have to listen to. You'll you'll enjoy it if you're a big Bucks fan, if you're a big Brewer fan. You'll find something that is for you or Packer fan, of course. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers first and why this is the most confident I think I've ever been in a Green Bay Packer team in the Aaron Rodgers era. It was interesting. Bye weeks are always tough. I was talking to Josh, who I, I guess I would say he's a friend of the program. He uh, works for Scalzo and Brust. Uh, and he was saying how bye week content was really rough. And I I felt a little bit of that. I think it was helped by like the lockout. It's helped by the Bucks, And there was enough to get us by, right? And so as you're starting the next week, it's like, well, we don't really want to talk about the Bears just yet. But I, I do think it would be important to mention NFL. It's, it's it's Monday. You know, everyone's talking about the NFL Monday. And Tony Romo had a comment to Jim Nance as the Ravens and Steelers were getting ready. And Romo's like, there's something different. This is playoff football. This is when you start, you know, dialing it in. This is when you start thinking about the playoffs. And he's absolutely right. And when I thought about that and I... I put together my thoughts about the Green Bay Packers right now. I don't know if I've ever been this confident in a Green Bay Packer team. I think the way they play is more like Packer old school football, like what our what our parents and our grandparents watched. And they are built for the long haul. They have the depth that you need to win. And they have guys that should be coming back. And so if Green Bay does get healthy... They could end up being the healthiest team left, and that could be a huge thing for them as everybody is seemingly hurt. And that seems to be a theme of all NFL seasons because all of these guys are freakazoid humans, and they just run into each other, and it leads to a ton of injuries. So the Green Bay Packers could be at their best at when the playoffs begin. And that is something that I don't know... I don't know if I've ever really been there with Green Bay and where I have been this confident that the team can win a Super Bowl. Now, I think last year I was really confident until David Bakhtiari tore his ACL. That sort of fucked everything up. No lie. Like, it changed everything. That even though it was like, all right, next man up, like, we'll get through it. Like, you got to remember, last year the Packers really didn't have any injuries. There were none to really speak about. And so to get Bakhtiari hurt 
on one of the final practices of the season is absolutely incredible in the sense that it just sort of altered everything. And it did. And and I said it, I've said it so many times, but if David Bakhtiari is playing against Tampa Bay, we win that game and we probably win the Super Bowl. And that's a tough pill to swallow. And hopefully you can get David Bakhtiari back next week. It sounds like Zedaria Smith's going to come back next week. And it, it does sound like Green Bay is getting healthier and healthier by the game. And you love to see that. I mean, the only real injury they had in the LA game was the Randall Cobb groin injury. So we'll have to see how that is. Uh, groin injuries can be tricky, especially with the cold weather. But Green Bay is in a really good position. And the feeling around it, I think, has to do, too, with I'm not scared of anybody in the NFC. I feel like I'm Kevin McAllister, you know, talking to the the wet bandits and saying, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared anymore. Might have to do that, like, as a TikTok or something. Because none of these fucking teams scare me. And we'll get to all the NFC and how that weaves in with, you know, the Packer confidence and... It's just one of those things where you look at it and it makes a lot of sense that Green Bay is going to win a Super Bowl and or at least get there. Chris Long saying it last week, saying Green Bay is going to win the Super Bowl, made me think a little bit more of the Packers and just the confidence has started to build and you feel like, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character in Wolf of Wall Street, like you're pounding your chest like, oh, oh. A lot of references going on early here, but seriously, like that's how you feel because it's it, it, it there there isn't anyone that's that's stopping us. I I feel like they've faced all sorts of adversity this year. I feel like they have not had a cupcake schedule. I feel like even the losses have looked better. I think even some of the tough tough sort of defeats or tough sort of games like a Cincinnati one, for example look a lot better in retrospect. The New Orleans thing, yeah, fuck, throw that out. But other than that, it's been a really strong year for the Green Bay Packers. And if you look at this time, so early December, per Tony Romo, when playoffs quote-unquote start, where the Packers have been since 2010, I don't know if you find a time where you were more confident in the Packers than you are right now. So looking back on it, starting in 2010, Green Bay's eight and four. I was about, I would say, an eight out of ten. You're chasing the Bears. You're feeling pretty good about the team. Besides the injury, they'd had some wins. They were starting to kind of put it all together after a little bit of a slow start. 2011, you were even more confident because they were undefeated. They had an amazing win against the Giants this week, and they were they were cooking. They were rolling. That entire year, it was an iconic Rodgers moment that got the team downfield in about four plays in 75 yards and less than a minute. It was an incredible thing to watch. And by the way, there's a compilation of Aaron Rodgers was given too much time. That's 13 minutes long. I plan to watch that, maybe smoke a cigarette, pants off, like the whole thing. Like that. that is the content that I desire for YouTube. So that, I mean, it really should be on Pornhub if we're being honest. But that still team, you worried about the defense. The defense was the worry. And you watched it and you're like, all right, it's cool we're 11 and 0, but we just gave up 35 points to the Giants. We might have to outscore everybody we play. Not sure. 
I would say 2012 was kind of a wash. That's kind of an unforgettable or a forgettable year overall. I, I put it at a six out of ten. 2013. Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Packers just win. I was definitely like a 3 out of 10 there. Now, 2014, a, game, a year that will forever break, I think, all of our hearts. Um, the, that was probably the team that you might have been the most confident in. That or the 2020 compared to this one. Because they had just won five straight games. They've blown out a bunch of teams. Remember, they put it on Chicago, 55 points. They followed it up by putting a ton on Philadelphia. They were really feeling themselves at that point. And then they go after this week to lose the Buffalo Bills on the road. And Aaron Rodgers gets a little nicked up. And then that sort of kind of started it all. And maybe Rodgers wasn't entirely healthy down the stretch. I think that was when he had his calf injury. So I did think that affected the Packers sort of long-term goals. But that team was really fucking good and had a good defense and had everything that you wanted um, out of them. And it was a heartbreaker. And there are so many things. I've never really watched that game back. I had this thought about a, a content thing in the summer of watching old Packer losses and just reliving them. That is like, why would you put yourself through that pain? But it's almost like this idea of ranking how bad the losses actually were because Tyler Dunn did a long piece with Amon Green and Amon Green talked about how they did not go for it on a fourth and one on Philadelphia's 40. And if analytics were what they are today, Mike Sherman probably goes for that. But Mike Sherman pussied out and easily would have probably got the first down because Amon Green and Najee Davenport were absolutely killing the Philadelphia run defense. I completely blocked that from my memory. I do not remember that happening. I only remember the 4th and 26. And so that's the kind of thing where I'd love to go back and be like, what if? You know, what if this turned? How could this have turned differently for the Packers? It's kind of an interesting thing. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it because do you really want to watch your team lose like all the time and just sort of spin it as, well, what if? The the great what if? I don't know. We'll see. But to that point, like there's so much of the 2014 team where you could say that easily could have been a Super Bowl team, that easily could have won a Super Bowl team. The confidence was justified. Then in 2015 and really 2016, those were kind of years where the Packers were just getting started. The Music City Miracle, or Motor City, not music, Motor City Miracle happens in 2015, but Green Bay was 2-4 and four after a 6-0 and oh start. They really were not feeling good. The vibes were off with that team. Remember how weird it was after McCarthy blows the game in Seattle. I think if you look back at that, that should have been the last year of Mike McCarthy. Everyone should have started to see the right in the wall because then in 2016, they were 6-6 six and six at this time. The run to table had started, hadn't really fully picked up speed, but it was just getting going. And could this Packers team take themselves back into relevance? And that's another like, what if? Because Mike McCarthy probably should have been fired after that year, but Aaron Rodgers willed them back with an incredible stretch of football down the wire and got it done. And then the Packers got to the NFC Championship game with absolutely nothing in their defensive backfield. We're not going to count 2017 or 2018, Rodgers being hurt, McCarthy being fired. 
2019, it was like a 7 out of 10. You know, recently it just got their asses handed to them by San Francisco. They seemed to be getting by on smoke and mirrors. They were playing teams that were really bad, that weren't actually actually anything worth a damn. And that 13-3 that and three record was quasi-fraudulent for the Packers. So there were a lot of doubts, even though Green Bay continued to win football games. There was a lot of doubt in that, fo- in that football team. And like I said, last year, there was a lot of confidence. You know, David Bakhtiari didn't go out with that injury until later. I think there were the vibes were really good. There was a worry about Tampa Bay, no question. But they felt we felt like we could take it over the top. And you look at the NFC this year, and it seems easier than it was. I thought Arizona, what Arizona did was impressive today, right? I, but Arizona, you know, going on the road, Chicago, rainy, Gross weather, like this is a pretty boy Cardinals team who have a lot of guys who seemingly don't want to be there in the cold weather. They were absolutely fine in the elements. And that made me think a little bit differently about Arizona going forward. I know Chicago is bad, but the fact that Arizona was able to handle themselves in the elements really says a lot to me. The Los Angeles Rams beating the Jaguars is whatever. Good for the Rams. They had to get right spot. I'm an idiot for taking that off my card. I had the Rams minus 13 on my card, and then I was like, I usually eliminate the last two games off my card, which actually both hit, of course, because that's gambling, right? And that's how it goes, where it's like, oh, do you really need to eliminate these, or are you just saying you just trying to not look like a degenerate with all your picks? But yeah, that Rams thing, I, I'm not surprised at all. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, again, like, they were fine. They won on the road, but it was tight for a while. I, I'm not convinced about Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I'll be very fascinated to see them against Buffalo. I think I really like Tampa Bay in that game just because Buffalo is going to be coming off either an emotional win or emotional loss to New England on a Sunday night in Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers have been fucking awesome this year. I have a really hard time seeing Tampa Bay lose that game, but you never know. It's the NFL. And then you think about Dallas, and Dallas offensively really looked like shit. And I think if New Orleans had a quarter, actual quarterback, they would have won that football game on Thursday night, and the Cowboys would have lost. So this is all to say, I'm not impressed with anybody right now. No one in the NFC impressed me. Maybe Arizona is the only team. But I, I do think if the chips are down and the Packers are in the desert for the NFC Championship game, a place they've lost two playoff games before, a place where there are some demons, no question about it, come playoff time, there's going to be a ton of Packer fans there. It's not going to be this raucous environment. The state of Wisconsin owns Arizona right now. We have permanent ownership right now of Arizona with what the Bucks did to the Suns, what the Wisconsin Badgers have done in the past to the Arizona Wildcats in the postseason. Um, shout out to my Badger fan friends who will enjoy that. And and then you have the Packers beating the Cardinals recently. It, they can do it. In the, and in the playoffs, I'm sorry. It's Cliff Kingsbury in the playoffs doesn't make me feel good. Now, I really liked Chris Brown, who's smart football on Twitter. I had responded about a Kings uh, Shanahan thing. I, I don't remember what it was. I responded to him about something and he responded back and was like you know sometimes you just have really good players and the coach doesn't matter and he used Shanahan as an example a couple years ago 
Now, I would have assumed him to be a Shanahan guy, but yeah, there is a thought that are we sure Shanahan's a good coach? Now, I think the Niners are rolling and they were pretty impressive, even though they did not have Debo Samuel or Fred Warner in this game. Like, that's huge that they were able to hang with them. I think that should give them a lot of confidence. They lost to a Seattle team that basically it was a kitchen sink game for them. They were at home. They have the Houston Texans next week. And so it's like, all right, we win next week. We're now five and eight. We have to basically run the table the rest of the way. And here we go. And we've seen this with the Green Bay Packers. We're seeing it with the Miami Dolphins right now in the AFC who are trying to play themselves back into relevance, which they have. And they're now six and seven. And there's a real shot they could be seven and seven next week because they have a very easy schedule. They might have New England next week, but still, they have they have a very easy schedule where there's a real possibility that they're going to finish either ten and you know nine and eight or eight and nine, and it's not, it's going to be an accomplishment because they were down in the doldrums and now they've risen up. And you look at like Washington, right? They're six and six. They're the hottest team in football. They play Dallas next week, and I I think they have a real shot to beat Dallas. I really do. I think. The the light has switched. I don't I don't think anyone wants to play Washington. Talk about like how schedules work, right? You look at Washington and you're like, if the Packers had to play the play them right now, might be a problem. Might be a little bit of an issue. The Packers got them at the right time. The Packers are going to get the Baltimore Ravens at the right time. And that that's great. Like those are all like really, really good things. And Cleveland's another team that has looked like absolute dog shit. Now they had a bye. Maybe they bounce back, get it together. But again, the Green Bay Packers are going to get a Browns team that might have looked a lot scarier in September. So, and the Bears too. Like, the Bears are dead. Like, I don't I don't know what kind of life the Bears are going to have coming into Lambeau. We'll talk, obviously, a lot more about that game because there's another side of that. There's also a bye week where we have. And then the Vikings, they lose to the Lions today. And the Vikings are completely dead. So there, there's just not a lot there. The NFC will likely be a crapshoot. I don't think it is solved for. I don't think that we're going to have answers. Like I said about Dallas and Washington, you know, is there an opportunity where maybe Washington comes through and wins the division and steals the division from Dallas? There's still Philadelphia hanging out there. Minnesota, as mentioned, kind of dead. Might not be there. New Orleans on life support. Seattle trying desperately to get themselves back into the race. It's going to be hard. You have Arizona-St. Louis next week on Monday night. A massive game. Los Angeles, not St. Louis. I don't know. I'll probably do that for the rest of my life. Just St. Louis will get a team. That'll be easier. But yeah, Los Angeles-Arizona, that should be a hell of a football game. And that should really tell us a lot. Because Arizona loses that one. Packers were to win, then the Packers go back to the home field being at their park. The Rams desperately need it. I think it is a line in the sand game for the Rams. It's like, okay, are you fucking real or not? And this will prove it, right? Like everybody says you're frauds. Everybody says that you can't do this. Prove them fucking wrong. And they have owned the Cardinals in the past. Now, the Cardinals beat them pretty good the first time they played this year. I probably will bet on the Rams in that game. I just, Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury, I think they the Rams find something there and prove people wrong. I think 
I was a fool for betting this against the Steelers today because it really was a line in the sand game again for Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin loves being an underdog, a home underdog at that. It was it was a great opportunity for them, and they took full advantage of it. And that's not surprising. It's honest. It honestly isn't. And we'll just now have to sort of see where this all shapes out. We'll do Playoff Machine Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, see where how I feel about the NFC now after another week, and see see what changed, what didn't. Um, and we'll have that fresh batch of Playoff Machine thoughts on Tuesday. But let's move on to the NBA. I am really encouraged by the Milwaukee Bucks. I know the Bucks have been playing really well, but this was yet another game where the Bucks were shorthanded. So on Thursday, they were out with Giannis, had an injury. He had a sore calf that had popped up. Uh, Giannis continued to rest that sore calf. He did not play on Saturday, and who knows if Giannis will play on Monday tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some would say my calves, which I can get to in a second when we preview the week. But the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks blew out a Heat team. Now, I know the Heat are like kind of at G-level status, G-league status right now. They don't have a ton of guys. But the fact that Milwaukee came out and basically buried them from the jump says a lot to me. And I think it's really important for the playoffs and the confidence of the guys not named Giannis Antetokounmpo or Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday to kind of find their own niche and find what their role is with this team. And I think all of the injuries have helped that. Look, Pat Connaughton is a dead-eye shooter. Pat Connaughton should be getting some real love for six-man of the year. I don't know what Pat Connaughton's odds right now are for six-man of the year, but I would maybe put down a future on it because that's how good Pat Connaughton has been in the bench role. And he had seven threes, tied his career high. He'll get that eighth. I, I believe in him. But he, he's been, he was incredible. Bobby Portis, 19 points, 16 rebounds. We've talked about how Bobby has sort of taken his game to a next level. And it's it continues to show. And now with Brooke Lopez out, you need Bobby to be more of that guy. And he fucking was against Miami. And then the whole sort of hero push and Portis wanting to beat his ass. Like that type of stuff's great. That type of stuff is so needed for the Milwaukee Bucks going forward. And even Thanasis Santacumbo had 10 points in the game. You know, like that that's great. The fact that Milwaukee can build up their confidence with the teams, with the guys who aren't going to be the stars every night matters because there will be moments where you need a big shot from Pat Connaughton. You need Bobby Portis to come through with a double-double because Giannis is not feeling it tonight. You need Thanasis to bring some energy maybe at the end of a first quarter and throw down a massive dunk because you're not expecting Thanasis to do much. But this says a lot about this Bucks team and the depth of this team I think is real. I don't think it's a, a team that you lose Giannis now, you obviously don't want him gone for an extended period of time, but you lose Giannis for a couple games and you still can survive. This Bucks team is only getting better. And I do think by Christmas, they're going to be at the top of the table. 
I think Brooklyn's obviously real, but Brooklyn can't seem to beat anyone good. They lost the the Bulls on Saturday night. And the Bulls, I think, we have to take seriously. I, I think we have to recognize the Bulls. I think Bulls-Bucks will be actually a rivalry, which I don't know if it's ever been. I think maybe a little bit in the 80s. But it's never probably at this level. And it's going to be at a fever pitch for those two teams because they're playing some of the best basketball in the East. But to preview the weekend, they're not seeing the Bulls uh, this week. They are seeing the Cavs, who are kind of my Cavs. I've I've adopted them as a team that has made me a ton of money this year. They are so good against the spread. It's likely the Bucks are going to get like seven points. I would not recommend taking the Bucks in any way, shape, or form on, on Monday. Now, we don't know Giannis' status, so you might want to wait on that as well. But seriously, I would not do anything anything with that spread because the Cavs have been an absolute monster at covering. Now they are coming off a tough loss against Utah where they lost by one uh, at home on Sunday. So they there's a little bit of a weary thing maybe. Cleveland will come out hot and hopefully the Bucks can kind of deliver the final knockout punch. Speaking of punches, they go to Miami on, on Wednesday night. We'll see what the fans have in store for them. We'll see if there's a, more bad blood between these two teams who are, I think, rivals, I think it's fair to say Miami and Milwaukee have no love loss for each other. So we'll see if there is another squirmish, squ- or skirmish, excuse me, uh, when they get together on Wednesday. Unfortunately, as we talked about, the Packers playing teams at the right time, playing the Charlotte Hornet or playing the Houston Rockets right now is not a good thing. The Rockets are red hot. They've won six straight games. The Bucks take on them Friday night. Really important for Milwaukee not to come in sleepy to that one. Uh, it would be really easy to just sort of take the foot off the gas. They did it last year when they went into Houston, and Houston was dog shit, and they got lit up by Kevin Porter, I think, for 40 points. Kevin Porter had like an out-of-body experience against the Bucks last year. So Bucks need to avoid that sort of thing. And then they have an 11 a.m. start against New York on Sunday. I would imagine Giannis will want to play in the Mecca. That is so fucking early, though, for the Bucks who aren't used to it. And I think part of it is to expand the brand, the overall thing, so international folks can watch at normal times. Because the Bucks play at 11, that in England is a 5 o'clock game. I think in Greece, that's 6 or 7. I'm not sure exactly on the time on the time zones. But you get my point. They have an ability to actually sit around at the bar and watch these games. And the... Greek community in New York is always great to Giannis, but I'm sure people in Greece cheering him on would be a little bit better. So we'll see what the Bucks have, have in store. It's a tough week with three games on the road, not really close to one another. You go Miami, New York, or no, I'm sorry, Miami, Houston, New York. Like That's not necessarily on top of each other. So looking at a four-game week and hoping Giannis is back today, I would say ideally a three and one would be pretty good. Uh, two and two would be a slight disappointment, just considering how the Knicks aren't really playing that well. And even though the Rockets have been smoking lately, they're still the fucking Rockets. All right, so let's let's take it easy. So yeah, I I hope for a three and three and one uh, venture for the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're able to pull it off.
Who wasn't able to pull it off was the Marquette Golden Eagles. They fall to the Wisconsin Badgers, 89-76. I'm sure you all know that. Uh, the, bad, the Badgers were really good in this game. The Badgers were very efficient. It looked a lot like Wisconsin basketball from a couple years ago. Uh, they've sort of figured it out, um, whether that's the players they have in, whether that is the coaching taking a step back and realizing there were things he did back in the day that works so much better than than they do now. And who knows, right? Who knows if that was what it was? Who knows if it's just the team chemistry? Johnny Davis was easily the best player on the court. I don't think there's any disputing that. Johnny Davis is an absolute star. Greg Matzek said that Davis is as good as Devin Harris was. And that's the skill set. And that's high praise. Like Devin Harris was a top 10 pick. I like Stephen Crawl, but I, I do think they're going to struggle against teams like Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, who have some big fucking guys inside. Stephen's not ready to be that. He needs to add a little bit more, more meat on those bones. But yeah, Marquette wasn't ready, um, and 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 they just they kind of wilted wilted a little bit. Like this felt a little bit more like a Wojo loss than anything else because. They get out to a little bit of a lead. They go on it. Wisconsin goes on a 7-0 run. Wisconsin kind of continues the run in the second half. And it just all goes to shit. Marquette was really never able to recover. Darren Morsell, another sort of disappointing game. It seemed like Justin Lewis was the only one that was able to actually score against Wisconsin. There is just a lot to clean up if you're Marquette because the turnovers were another issue. It just looked like a team that was playing on edge the entire game, like a cat's ass on a rain barrel, just straight up in the fucking air, trying to avoid the rain as much as possible. That's what it felt like Marquette was doing. It didn't feel like there was enough guys ready to take a big shot when they needed it and doing the little things right. And I know on the road, some of those things can get lost. But it needs to be important for the Golden Eagles going forward. And like I said on Friday that a lot of my friends have laughed at me for about the consistent wood. We're 0 for, 0 for 1. We have Kansas State on Wednesday. Should be interesting. And then UCLA comes to town Saturday. I would imagine that UCLA game is going to have some fucking juice to it. I, I It should be a rowdy one at the Fiserv Forum for that UCLA game. But first things first is Kansas State. There was no opportunity to look ahead. Uh, Kansas State, I think they might have beat Wichita State. They were in a war today with Wichita State. Uh, let's check that out. Let's see what, what happened. It was a, I think it was being played in Kansas, Kansas City as well. Yes, they were triumphant over Wichita State, which is a really good win for Kansas State, 65 to 59. And yeah, now they have Marquette at home. And their only two losses to Arkansas and Illinois, who is not necessarily at Marquette's level. The Golden Eagles are going to need to be all right. And Kansas State's really good at forcing turnovers. They're 95th in the in the league or the overall for, for forcing turnovers. Right now, their defensive efficiency is at a it's 10th overall per Ken Palm and five, five overall in terms of three-point defense. So that's those are all bad signs. Kansas State seems to have figured some things out after a really rough 2020. I know Bruce Weber is not the most popular guy, but he's figured it out with a lot of those transfers, and he's brought in some dudes, and 
that has really helped him, you know, kind of going forward. And and Marcus Noel, who's a, a guy out of Little Rock who played there for a couple of years, has been awesome for them over so far this season. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I now have to hope Wisconsin does well the rest of the year because they beat up Marquette and it'll only look better if Marquette keeps getting Wisconsin wins. If Wisconsin falters and they're a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team on the bubble, that will not help. That will not aid the Golden Eagles. But yes, I am I'm A, not worried about this game. I, I want to be clear. Like Even though I felt like they were meek, I felt like they were timid, I felt like they let one bad sort of run get to them, I still have a lot of confidence in this team. I still feel like this team can be a little bit of something. But this just sort of showed you there is a level to expectations. And we kind of saw this too with St. Bonaventure, right? Where it's like, all right, you're good, but you're not at that level where you can just upset really good teams. You're just not there yet. And that's okay. That's an okay position to be in. And who knows, maybe if they beat Kansas State, it's like you just see one puck go in, then you feel like you can make everything. But we should probably wrap up the show today and and get you on your merry way, get you ready to go for your Monday. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Mitch and I probably taping Tuesday, uh, given the Buck schedule. So Mitch and I will get in on Tuesday. We'll talk about a variety of things. I heard his Garden Home show went really well, which I'm happy for the kid. I'm glad to, glad to hear that that went so well for him. Um, and yeah, we'll probably recap that as well as everything else in the state of Wisconsin. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow us on social, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Get get everybody going. We would love to build a community. We'd love to have more of y'all. Uh, so and we appreciate all the support for the day ones or the people that have just started joining us. All right, take care, tappers. Have yourself a great Monday. Back tomorrow. See you. Bye. Our way because that's just there's just too many games for that to happen. So it sucks to lose Wisconsin, but if they end up beating Kansas State and maybe losing to UCLA, still gonna be all right. One and two through December stretch will be all right. Then you go to Big East play, and we'll we'll see what happens then.